Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the More Than Medical Students podcast. This is a podcast that brings together medical students from all over the world to celebrate their amazing achievements and inspire others. I'm your host, my name is Marianne and I'm a junior doctor working in England. I'm really passionate about helping medical students with different aspects of their life at medical school and also showing them all the opportunities that med school has. Team and I are delighted to bring you a new guest in each episode to discuss something different and interesting about being a medical student. So make sure to tune in and don't miss out on next episode. Today I'm delighted to bring you the second episode with Dr. Laz. So if you haven't listened to episode one already, I really recommend heading back to the podcast and listening to episode one first. Um, in the first episode, we discussed lots of tips about studying as a medical student. Dr. Laz is a medical educator with years of experience in creating resources and courses for medical students. And so he has lots of tips and knowledge to share with you guys. In this episode, we discuss his experience of founding his charity, Make a Medic, which is a medical education charity which helps medical students both charitable projects around the world. Make sure to check out the Make a Medic Instagram and website. It will all be in the description down below. Enjoy the episode, guys. So do you want to go on and tell us a bit more about the charity that you went on to found and everything about that as well? Of course, yeah. So, um, so Make a Medic is a, is a charity that I started uh, in fifth year of medical school. But um, initially, to be honest, it was um, relatively low key. Um, all mm-hmm. we did was collect a bunch of used textbooks from the year above me who were leaving, um, and we held a pub um, pub quiz, raised about four hundred pounds or something, and shipped those textbooks to to Sri Lanka to a medical school there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I didn't really think too much of Make a Medic. It wasn't really taking up a lot of my time and it was just something I'd uh, almost done as a one-off, I'd say, at that stage. Um, but then eventually, I think COVID is sort of the thing that really precipitated um, the rise of Make a Medic uh, to, to what it is now. Um, it's because, I mean, I just finished finals and I was just about to start working and then there were lots of people in the year below me who said, um, we've, you know, we've still got our exams to sit, but uh, all of our formal teaching has, has just vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that, that can be done? So that's when I started um, holding online courses, um, using a lot of the resources that I had produced in the past for, for various med ed things that I'd done whilst at medical school. Um, and people took a, took a liking to it. So they, they liked the, the content that Make a Medic produced. Um, I eventually transitioned to putting the courses online and on demand, and currently it's all available on a platform called Thinkific. Um, and the way it works is that we just we have these courses available online, or these, these resources available online. It includes video tutorials, lots and lots of SBAs, uh, lots of pages of notes as well. And students can access it uh, just for £2.99 um, per month, and that's, that money goes towards uh, our projects. So we... Um, run projects focusing on education and public health um, in uh, low and middle income countries. So we've done, I think it's eight or nine big projects um, Mm. uh, so far. And this includes um, training Ugandan medical students in vaccine delivery. Mm. Uh, We've built um, rainwater catchment tanks and uh, hygiene facilities at a secondary school in Kenya. Uh, We've donated hundreds of stethoscopes to medical students uh, in Kenya and Zambia. 
uh, that's the gist of the type of um, projects that we do. But it really is quite fulfilling because um, we're trying to make change and, and bring about a benefit in two ways. So one of which is, first of all, of course, just making medical education resources accessible because uh, quite often it can have quite high price tags and hence yeah. being a charity we're we're we're, we're quite um, uh, advantaged in some some sense because we don't have you know shareholders we're not really like profit is obviously a good thing but uh, it shouldn't come at, at the expense of, of mm -hmm. the students who, who are meant to be using our resources um, so we're able to keep our content very accessible we've also just about stepped into uh, the postgrad space as well and that's uh, mm -hmm. an area which is uh, notorious for for massive price tags just because people are usually you know nervous about their postgrad exams about the postgrad interviews it all seems deeply consequential and hence people are willing to spend lots and lots of money on courses which may not necessarily be that beneficial but makes the you know puts their mind at ease a little bit because they feel like they've you know spent the money on it um mm -hmm. so we've tried to disrupt that as much as possible most recently by releasing a bunch of interview handbooks um, for the various um, different specialties that people might apply to in their F2 year and beyond. Um, and that's all available for um, just the 9.99 basically mm. uh, as a maximum. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, so our principle, that's a very long-winded way of saying it, but um, we produce high-quality medit uh, resources. Um, we make sure that they're affordable and accessible, and we use the funds raised for these public health initiatives uh, in low- and middle-income countries. Great. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. And uh, Jenny, when you explain that, it seems so great that you have a way to you know, reach students and provide resources for them, but also use the money raised to really have impactful projects. So um, that, that's really awesome. And I think you said at the beginning, did you, when you started doing this at, with the textbooks at medical school, that's how you said you started. Yeah. Did you have any vision for how much it was going to grow or? You just think it was just a little project. Yeah, no, honestly, not at all. And and to be totally honest, with the like, it, it's got to a stage now where it's it's doing pretty well uh, for itself, and it's it's quite um it, it's kind of run fairly passively just because the resource bank is available. We get people mm. enrolling in it and generating a bit of an income, uh, but none of it was done particularly strategically. I wouldn't say like it was basically mm. just a me bouncing from one mistake to the other until eventually. Um, arriving at something that that's that's working fairly well at the moment um so it's it's all it's all been um very sort of experimental from my my perspective as well so i think with um, anyone who's wanting to start any sort of side hustle mm. uh, there's a lot you can glean from from uh, you know reading books about these topics about how to manage uh, these kinds of ventures but in reality a lot of it will be based on just trial and error taking a punt at things and, and some things work some things don't and that's all totally fine but i mean just the willingness to uh, learn these skills and test things out uh, is actually really fantastically rewarding as well. So I think Make a Medic has, from a professional perspective, um, it's basically been the route to scoring all the possible points I could for special training. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of it. Um, but the more important one is actually just the fact that I've, um, I feel like I've just just uh, grown as a as a leader, as a team player, and and just in my sort of management skills as well from yeah. from running this organization. So. Um, it, it, it wasn't, I, I won't lie and say that uh, it was all, you know, it has all been done perfectly and it's, it's been easy going because there certainly have been times where I felt very bogged down by it. Um, but um, but it really has been probably like one of the best things in my life, really, in terms of my um, extracurricular activities. Um, and it, it's, um, it's quite nice to see how you can 
expend your effort, you know, use your knowledge and skills that you've spent a lot of time developing in medical school and use that and leverage that essentially to help others, mm. um, both medical students and also these various, you know, thousands of people um, across uh, parts of Africa as well. Yeah, that's really great. It does sound like a lot of hard work. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what year were you in at medical school when you started this project? Um, so fifth year, technically funny. fifth year, but um, yeah. I, I really didn't do very much at all whilst I was at medical school. It was only okay. since then. Um, I'd say probably my F2 year is when um, I did the most for it mm. and, um, and and bits of F3 as well. So there, there, there have been, it, it is a lot of work. Uh, I, I won't lie about that. There's, there's like producing the resources. There's yeah. just uh, like massive numbers of, of, of SBAs and various things that I've, I've screened through all of them myself, edited them all. Uh, and that does take a, a lot of time. But the beauty of something like a resource bank is that after that initial investment, it's just a case of maintaining it. And mm. hence, it's uh, it's far less work now than it used to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I, I wonder, um, yeah, if you could tell us a bit about the different steps when you were growing your team as well, because you mentioned some leadership as well. When of did course. you start having more people involved in the project helping out? Was it quite early on? Of course, yeah. So I think relatively early on, um, I basically just asked a few of my, my friends to, to get involved. Um, but then as, you know, as it started getting a bit more serious, we got registered, we had our mm. sort of charity bank account, all of this this stuff. Um, it meant that the, 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 the needs changed quite a bit as well. Um, and hence, it, it, given that it was a bit more serious, it essentially meant that I needed to uh, have a think about who, who was involved. Because, it, because initially people sign up um, um, thinking that it's just, you know, sort of like a medical student society, something that's um, not particularly much of a time commitment. Um, and hence, when things change, it's important to uh, consider how you, you go about it really going forward. And that initial stage is really, really hard because Make a Medic didn't really have any sort of reputation. And hence, it, it, was, it was a little bit tricky to try and find the right people actually for these roles because you're basically just selling a vision without very much um, by means of sort of proof or, or evidence credibility. Uh, now it's much easier because a lot of people know about it and hence whenever mm. I do a recruitment drive we get lots and lots of applicants um, and we have you know our website showcases all the stuff that we've done and it feels a lot more real and a lot more tangible. Mm. Uh, whereas in the early stages recruiting is a really really awkward thing to do and quite quite difficult as well. Um, I would say it's, it's one of those things you need to I think think really hard about. So one mistake I made was sometimes I'd open up roles and not really know what the purpose of it was. Like, mm. it would probably sound good. And I'm like, sounds like I probably need one of these whatever offices. But I didn't um, really think about what that role would entail. And I think giving people a sense of ownership and a sense of direction are the two main aspects of creating a, a, a functional team. Um, so mm-hmm. that's another piece of advice I'd give to people who are in similar situations where they want to start something and they need a little bit of help is to figure out exactly what that role is. Um, and, and and finding people, I mean, it, it is, especially if it's a voluntary basis, it's very hit and miss, I can't lie. Um, there's been plenty of times where I've had people who didn't necessarily, you know, um, uh, perform as, as well as I would have liked. And mm-hmm. hence it's a case of, uh, you know, just, just calling it quits um, when the time comes. But then there's also plenty of, success stories i mean there's a couple of people who've been with make a medic since its conception and mm-hmm. and have, have really made a massive uh, impact um so yeah so it, it is tricky um but uh, it does mean that you get to work with a lot of a lot of wonderful people as well great yeah and so many 
skills gained along the way but also i feel like um sometimes we don't know but as medical students we gain a lot of trans like transversal skills at medical school like communication and leadership um that probably helps you as well when you're building your team and building your charity absolutely exactly yeah it's it's good to develop all of that stuff on the on the side as well Mm. Great, awesome. Um, and I wanted to to ask you as well a question because uh, you know you've been in medical education for a long time, and there's obviously lots of changes in the field at the moment, and mm. a lot of new technologies like AI and things. What do you think the future of medical education is like? It's a very yeah. good question, but of course, um, no, no, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a that, that's a good question, very open question. Um, but I do think. Uh, I mean, realistically, we doctors, like medical students, will still have to, you know, learn the same sort of content. I mm. think the, the the content hasn't really changed very much, yeah. um, and I think it will probably be quite a long time until AI, um, in particular, is sort of seamlessly integrated into into how medical practice mm. works. Um, but nonetheless, I do think it provides a really good opportunity for making things a lot more efficient. So, mm-hmm. for example, even even I, I at the moment, like I use ChatGPT sometimes. If I don't really understand some sort of complex concept, yeah. uh, I at the very least ask ask them to summarize it in a, in a few words. Uh, and obviously, you know, it, it can sometimes um, uh, bring about some errors, but but on the whole, it's actually quite quite useful. For it's basically just a sophisticated form of Google. Is is how I'd yeah. uh, describe it. Um, so I think there are ways in which it, it can be leveraged, and I think it's an important time to be kind of flexible and open minded about yeah. the various resources that uh, may become available. Because, like you said, um, plenty of people will start learning a particular way get halfway through the year and think okay it's too late to change now um, let's just stick with uh, stick with uh, what we've got uh, and in fact I, I think it's important to try and be flexible try out these various different um, things that are that are on the horizon and um, interesting you mentioned that because I've, I've actually recently got involved um, with uh, a, a startup basically an AI based mm. uh, meded startup called snapcard um, mm. and the idea is that it can first and foremost it, it basically generates um, flashcards for you mm-hmm. based on highlighting text essentially so yeah. for example you can be reading through some notes you can highlight a bit of text you click a button and then it creates a, a flashcard as a question which is automatically synced to your Anki deck um, mm-hmm. and the idea is that the more you engage with it the AI can also put together essentially a map of all the stuff that you know so it'll be your own personal Wikipedia basically where it can say okay you revise this much stuff about myocardial infarctions and it can highlight the fact that you know the signs and symptoms you know the investigations it can even tell you that you haven't actually covered the management yet um, so that's the yeah. idea is that it's sort of like a personal revision coach is, mm-hmm. is the way that I'd, uh, I'd describe it uh, so that's something I've got involved with just because I, I did find the concept of AI quite exciting it's not yeah. something I'm even going to pretend that I understand particularly well uh, from a technical aspect um, but I do think uh, that's definitely going to be a big part of 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 revision really for for students going forwards and it's important to you know keep an open mind try out these various different things and see how it might help you yeah it's so interesting and i think um there's some really positives about that is that you know not everyone is suited to like lecture based learning or even small group exactly. learning so there's some people who are going to find it much better to learn with a you know exactly. internet resources or an ai coach or things like Completely. that so yeah, yeah. I, I think we like you said exploring different ways of learning and different resources exactly. is going to be the the way forward and there are yeah. some things about traditional education that are is definitely here to stay like especially for communication and things exactly. that we learn as doctors as well 
Exactly. Yeah, for certain. Great. Super interesting. I do find that all a very interesting topic at the moment. So, yeah. Um, and I know that you guys also do some research at Make a Medic uh, on do. medical education. So yeah, that's really great as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's just another. Um, to, to like I mentioned with um, with Make a Medic, there's there's been plenty of initiatives I've started which have fell flat on their face, um, but there's some which have been very successful. And I think the research hub is is one um, such example because um, I, I, I sort of came up with it because we were producing a lot of meded content, we were running lots of initiatives and I was thinking, you know, it'd be quite nice if we were able to formally evaluate some of this stuff. And and when I was producing meded resources, there were some things which were quite novel and I thought uh, would be quite interesting to, to research, but I definitely didn't have the bandwidth to be able to do that all myself. And I'll be totally honest in saying that I don't think I'm um, that that's research inclined on the whole mm. um so i was very fortunate to be able to hire um, a medical student at um, imperial actually to to read uh, to lead the research hub who's extremely good um at uh, at you know understanding research projects how to organize them how to run them and how to actually execute them um and we've been able to get quite a bit of success so far we presented at a few conferences we've got uh, one publication already uh, with mm-hmm. a couple more on the horizon and uh, we've even won a couple of international uh, and international award as well um so it's been um that's actually been quite a rewarding part of making medic it certainly adds to its appeal i think as well for medical students wanting to get involved yeah for sure that's great mm-hmm. awesome um yeah we could chat for a lot longer, but um, I think we're yeah. short coming to the end of the episode anyway. Um, can I ask you a couple of questions before we, of we wrap up? Um, of course. Do you, you have any tips for any medical students or anything that you would you know, turn around and tell your younger self and maybe sure. halfway through med school? Uh, what tips would you give those people? So one thing that, this might sound like a really random point, but one tip that I would give them and it's something that I kind of wish I started doing much earlier was just to read a lot of books I know that sounds quite Mm -hmm. vague um, but uh, I've I've got into reading books basically only about three years ago and I've been reading quite obsessively ever since Mm -hmm. but I do think as as an activity as a habit it's something that's massively added to my quality of life because not only do I feel like I understand the world a lot better than I once did um, but it's also an act of basically improving your your English uh, sort of comprehension um, because when you're when you're reading stuff you, you you know not not only do you improve your vocabulary you get better at actually processing uh, thoughts being able to articulate things better and it does actually have a massive impact on your functioning as a doctor because quite often you'll be asked you'll be put in tough situations where you've got to explain something that's either you know complicated or difficult to hear or both um, to to patients and being able to um, organize your being able to organize your thoughts and um explain things clearly um is is really important i feel like reading books has certainly added to that and and also from an empathy perspective as well i mean i've read plenty of books about various different parts of the world and Mm -hmm. feel like i'm much more aware of the um of the of the various um experiences of people from various different parts of the world and especially when you're living and working in a place like london that's uh, that's extremely useful because yeah. you feel like you understand the people that you're um, communicating with a lot better and they certainly appreciate that as well the fact that you have an awareness of of what's led them to the situation that they're in and the various uh, you know societal influences that are uh, relevant to them um, so 
basically, if I could go back and tell my 18-year-old self, uh, just one bit of advice, I would just say, read books. And don't need to like be too specific about exactly which types mm. of books, because whether it's fiction, non-fiction, whatever, all of it will certainly uh, benefit you if you just continue to, to read plenty of books. That's a great tip, yeah. And that's actually part of my, I mean, not even New Year's res- resolutions, yeah. like resolutions um, onwards from, from now as well to read more, because you're right, not only the content of the books mm. um, help you learn, but also just the fact that you're reading, like you said, helps you manage information and exactly. um, your understanding and everything. So that's a exactly. great tip. Awesome. And... Um, I guess the last question, what, what do you think of the topic of this podcast, more than medical students or more than medics in general? Why sure. is that important? Um, I think that is super important uh, for, for many reasons. Uh, but I think the main one is just that um, medicine can sometimes be a bit all-consuming all and mm. it can become a bit too much of someone's identity. Um, I'm sure all of us have met uh, plenty of you know medical students, junior doctors, where all they seem to talk about is, is work they seem to always be complaining about it and there doesn't seem to be much else um, that really defines them or that they really um, associate with and I think it's it's because it's it is quite a specific sector that we're in um, I mean my, my friends who are non-medics will always joke that when you put a bunch of medics together all they talk about is medicine and then and that is that is true mm-hmm. uh, to some extent and I think because our, our job is so so um, specific and sort of compartmentalized compared to everything else that's going on in the world it's quite easy to just um, become a little bit one-dimensional i think and and not really develop your interests elsewhere and so i think it is actually super important for everyone to you know pay attention to their other passions anything else that they may be interested in and uh, spend a lot of you know spend some time doing it developing in that area just because it brings you a huge amount of joy Uh, it also makes medicine uh, a, a lot lot Lot, lot, lot better as well I think um, if you have other things going on as well uh, because you don't feel quite as you know swallowed up by it and you can actually enjoy the practice of medicine a lot more mm-hmm. if uh, if you have other other passions as well other things that keep your life interesting so yeah so I think it's a fantastic topic and I think it's a it's a wonderful podcast and I'm very grateful to be be invited to speak on it well thank you so much thank you and um, yeah definitely agree with what what you've said um Awesome. So many interesting things that we Mm -hmm. talked about today. Thank you so much for um, coming on. Do you want to um, let everyone know before you uh, before you go where they can find out more about you and where they can find out more about Make a Medic as well? Of course. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm more than happy to be, you know, added on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, They just search my name. It's a fairly unique name. I don't think it's going to come up several times. Um, and then Make a Medic, if you just Google it, uh, you'll be able to find our website. And from okay. there, if you're interested, you'll be able to uh, access our resource bank as well. We're also on YouTube. We produce a lot of free content on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always you know, happy to have a chat with anyone who may have any questions about uh, anything that I've said or would like some advice. Uh, more than happy to have a chat. Perfect. And I'll link all of that in the episode description as well so people can find it. Um, great thank you so much again for uh, joining me and um, it's been a great episode so thank you so much Laz thank you and thank you all of you guys for listening as well if you've enjoyed this episode make sure to leave us a little comment or you know reach out to us on Instagram to let us know that you enjoyed the episode it's always very great to hear from you guys thank you so much Laz thank you bye everyone